0: Well, I'm Sarah. I'm one of the ministers here at Meeting House Church, and I'm so glad to be—oops, my pants are really long—with you this morning. Um, my shirt, in case you're wondering, it says, it's me, I'm the problem, it's me. Now, that isn't just me trying to acknowledge that I do have some problems, which I think is a, a, a deeply faithful Christian way of showing up in the world. Uh, it's also some lyrics from Taylor Swift's most recent album, in case you didn't know that that's what that's from. It's a song called Antihero. Uh, so with that, will you pray with me as we continue? God, for the gift of life and for the gift of your spirit and your love, we give you thanks. I pray that this morning that you would meet us in that love and with it, um, that we would hear in and through what we're hearing this morning, invitations, From you to claim our own voices, to cultivate resiliency like that image of the tree from Psalm 1 who know where our roots are and that they go deep, and that this deepening would allow us more truly to be people who embody your love and your goodness in this world. We give you thanks in all things. Amen. Well, thinking about being sent by the Spirit... And these texts, which have something to do with what we often call discipleship, which is the formation of following Jesus. I thought I would start off in a little homage uh, to Taylor Swift, uh, not as a disciple convert myself, although you Swifties out there, I support you and honor you, um, but as a fan and as a person wanting to make some connections for us to this passage. So if none of this makes any sense to you, just consider this your baptism by lyrics, Uh, okay? All right. It's my turn to speak now. If you find yourself feeling any anxiety about what's happening right now, my encouragement to you is that you need to, I, I mean, you can just calm down. Although I may not be the man, today I'll preach like I were the man. Because if I were a man, I'd be the man. But in this cruel summer, God's invitation is that you might feel the Spirit's breath like the wind as it goes through the willow, and that it would make you fearless. For God is calling, you belong with me. Jesus, not as lover, but God's invitation to join a love story. For if boys will be boys, then where are the wise men? That's a deep lyric cut for some of you. These champagne problems from an ache in you put there by the ache in me, whether you are Marjorie, Betty, James, or Inez, our mistreatment of one another, it isn't. I'm not asking you to tolerate it. But this story, are you ready for it? The good news of love is delicate. And though at times we get it wrong, don't blame me. And I say to those of you who refuse to believe that this life is enchanted, look what you made me do. (laughs) because I was there, and I remember it all too well. For those of you who tried to tell me that Jesus wasn't love, I say to you, I knew you were trouble when I walked in, but I was only 22, but now I'm grown in the harmful aspects of my childhood religion. I say we are never, ever, ever getting back together. But this good news. It's not the last great American dynasty. But it's the one, the place where our tears ricochet. These illicit affairs, this longing for August, and a warmth of a cardigan where, in style, we seek the the lost sheep. It's a blank space where we shake it off. Our fears, our hatred, and instead we embody a love beyond our wildest dreams. No more bad blood, but a lavender haze. Jesus, the true anti hero, invites us into the midnight rain, no more vigilante. Mm. No more dressing for revenge, but instead, a life lived surrendered to the mastermind of all of creation, where we know that we are all bejeweled and we sparkle. No, no, it's not karma. It's the good news to follow the God who loves us so truly, and my prayer is that we would live and embody this news, and if you got a problem with it, then light me up. Now for those of you who don't know, I just incorporated all 44 songs from Taylor Swift's tour uh, into that thing. So um, that's my proudest life accomplishment right there. It might not be, but it was fun. So why why did I do that other than it's uh, Taylor Swift weekend here in the Twin Cities in addition to everything else? I did that because um, we're talking about discipleship. And I thought that this would be a good example Speaking of those varied biblical texts that we got to engage with today, that it would be um, a really good example of discipleship, and I wanted to talk a little bit about that. So I already acknowledged to some of you that I'm actually not a Swifty, even though I just did that. I'm a fan, okay? I do like Taylor Swift, I'm not going to lie. But my spouse is a Swifty, okay? (laughs) Now, Swifties are very particular types of people, although they're very diverse, just like our multivocal scriptures attest to. I like how I keep going back to you like you're, (laughs) he's my Bible scholar grounding over here. Um, Okay, so Swifties are very particular types of people. They do things like Andy Garber's, that's my spouse, does. Um, they watch all the videos from the other Swifty fans, and then they invite, uh, elbow their beloved family members and friends to watch all of the videos with them, to find all of the Easter eggs in every single one of Taylor Swift's music video. Babe, did you know that there are 13 of that in this particular part, and this is about this? And I'm like, "Uh ah, that's really great. I'm happy you're happy, right? So Swifties are very loyal fans, They buy anything Taylor puts out, right? Even if Taylor puts it out 20 times just with, like, three new songs on the second version or whatever. Um, uh, They're very into it, just like any, you know, whether it was Deadheads or any other great groupies of a band, right? They travel to the concerts. They pay more money than I can even begin to think of to attend concerts. We got them live, like, when they first went for sale. That's how we were able to go, just so you don't think I get paid that much as a pastor. Um, now a couple other interesting things in view of our text from today, right? We are talking about how there's multivocal text. There's these different perspectives. There are four gospels. We only read three gospels telling about Jesus sending out the disciples, right? In Mark, it actually doesn't even happen that way. In Mark, they actually go away and hide because they're all terrified, okay? So that's the ending of Mark, and I had a similar sort of experience um, responding to the diversity at the Taylor Swift concert at Fraud Friday Night. People dressed in the varied eras of Taylor's albums. Okay. So for those of you who don't know, Taylor Swift got started as an artist as a teenager in the country music genre. That's not my jam, okay? So like, I was like, hey, that's cool. A few of the songs were on pop radio. I like pop music. I knew some of the songs. But I'm at the concerts. And I'm seeing lots of pink, which feels strange to be judging them given I'm wearing pink pants. But there's a lot of pink. There are a lot of folks who were representing some of Taylor's earlier music. They had on cowboy boots. And I'm like, I'm glad you exist, but you're not my people, right? And then there's other fans of Taylor who came on board during the Red Era. Or during 1989, and if none of this is making sense to you, just think about the rest of us who've had to listen to sermons about football our whole lives. So, I think you're right. <laughs> I actually like football, but I just—that's all the sermons I've heard. Um, so, so I here's not that you really care, but I have the microphone right now. Um, <laughs> I became a Taylor fan during the Reputation era. Okay. It's, t- it's Taylor's darker music material. It has songs that include the lyrics, uh, so light me up, light me up, go ahead and light me up. It's more social commentary. It's her responding to the haters. And it was through that album that I became a Swifty, right? Now, some of you have been Taylor haters up until the recent releases during COVID, which are her indie era through folklore and Evermore, et cetera. So, I just noticed that at the concert, right, there's people who are dressed in very divergent ways, and I don't necessarily vibe with all of them. But here we are, we're at a concert, and some people are belting out the lyrics to songs that I don't know the lyrics to. Meanwhile, the song, The Man, comes up, which is, if I were the man, I'd be the man. (laughs) And not shockingly, I really enjoy that song, and I sing along very loudly. Meanwhile, my spouse, got a glowing look of adoration on his face during Taylor's recently released 10-minute version of All Too Well. What I'm saying with this is I think it's a good example in our current culture of what discipleship looks like. It's people who have different backgrounds and stories, who come together, who come into an encounter with Jesus at various points in their life. I'm not saying Taylor is the Messiah, just in case you're wondering. You come into a point of faith at a different point. You come with your story, with your own personality, your own culture, and you have this encounter with Jesus. And then you listen to the playlist of our faith, right? You read scripture. You immerse yourself in it. You begin to know what the letter to Galatians talked about. You understand more of what this faith is about, and it begins to form you. We develop common language where we can talk about things. I can say, hey, the good news, and that means something to a lot of you. It might mean different things, but it has resonance. We're varied people. We come to faith at different points. We have different songs or parts of the melody and the canon that resonate for us. But we also get to join together at times and see the magic of what happens when there's a collective that comes together. And in so many ways, these stories at the end of each of these Gospels is telling about a community that was joined around a story of following Jesus. And as we sit with these texts thinking about how Jesus invited them to go forth, it makes me think about a few questions. The one is, as it comes to faith, what story are you living? What story do you believe? What do you believe? How would you name the good news? What's the song you would sing? What's the song you do sing? What's the story you're living? What do you think the good news is? And then also, what story are you telling? Because sometimes there's the story we think we believe, and then there's the story we actually live. And they're not always congruent. Are those stories congruent, or are there gaps? There are gaps in all of our stories, but how close or far apart they are, are they? So for instance, if I say I believe at the core of this good news is that God has created and fashioned everyone, everything in creation, including us, is made in God's image. We are all beloved of God, including me, and we're called to live that love. That's the story that I believe in. And there's places in my life where I'm not living that. I'm not telling that through my life. And then also, what story are you inviting people to? Last week, my spouse excitedly approached me and said, babe, do you want to make bracelets for the Taylor Swift concert? And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I was like, what? What do you mean? I'm, what is this? And he's like, okay, well, here's the thing, babe. On Taylor's most recent album, she has this lyric about exchanging friendship bracelets. Andy doesn't sound like this at all, but it's funnier when he's not here to defend himself. Um, <laughs> uh, he did say this, though. Hear Andy's voice actually say this. If, you know, Andy is like, if you've ever met Andy, he's, uh, the, the, whatever your stereotype is of the person I'm naming right now, you're wrong. Okay? <laughs> um, but Andy is really excited, and it's just adorable because he's being really vulnerable, and he's like, I really want to make these friendship bracelets because people do it at Taylor Swift concerts. They make bracelets, and then they exchange them. So on Thursday night, Andy and I had a special date time and we uh, made Taylor Swift bracelets together. We wore them to the concert and then two eight-year-olds came up to me and were like, hey, do you want to trade? And they were in line for drinks with their parents and I was going to the restroom and I was like, I'm not in line, like you're totally cool. Oh. And then they didn't want any of my bracelets basically because all mine were lyrics that they didn't like. So they took my you need to calm down one, which that was good. Um, But that's the thing of what Andy did in that moment as a Swifty is he invited me in, right? Hey, do you want to make bracelets with me? That's a similar sort of thing of what kind of story are we inviting people into? What does it mean to say, (laughs) like, hey, you want to love people in the name of Jesus with me? Cool, (laughs) right? So thinking about this, what's the story that you believe? What do you think the content of the good news is? What's the story you're telling? And what's the story that you're inviting people into? Now, most of you may not be Swifties. And I, myself, did not experience a conversion on Friday night into Swiftiehood. I'm still just a fan. But I hope whether you consider yourself a follower of Jesus, a person who has believed in this good news for a long time, Someone who might just be a fan, which is cool too. That you might take a little bit even more seriously. That this is a story of love and of life. And that you, in the echo of this diversity in these texts would hear an echo and invitation to pick up your own pen and to keep writing the story from where you sit. Whether you sing or Write strange intros to sermons. May you know that this God of love is for you.